0: You know, my wife uh, constantly reminds me about how wrong I am about everything, which is great. Uh, And I very much hope I'm wrong about this, but I did want to record something very, very quick to discuss what's going on um, outside and how it affects the, the real estate market specific to New York and some things you guys should be doing. If you're looking to buy a place right now, so obviously coronavirus is all over the news and it's affecting um, not only our personal well being, mental well being, but also the stock market, employment numbers. Uh, oil and gas prices, and everything around us. So it's kind of a crazy market right now, but as I understand from the brokers that I trust and that I work with, there's plenty of people at open houses, there's deals to be made, um, people are coming in and making offers, and transactions are happening. People are living life. What I will say is, if you're gonna go through this Um, during this period of time, I think there's a couple of things that you should really stick to and understand prior to making an offer and even if you make an offer prior to signing a contract. The first and perhaps most important thing is to have a very, very candid conversation, a very lengthy conversation with a loan officer that you're going to work with. Right now, rates are at historic lows. All of these people uh, within banks are working legitimately 24 hours a day, sitting in their offices, processing applications. So you need to speak to someone that's gonna be able to dedicate the time required um, to deal with your file and not just make promises. That's super important, everybody says that, but there should be follow through. People should get, be getting back to you very quickly. They should be responding fully to every single one of your questions. They should be answering every question that you have. And they should be having long conversations with you if you're a first-time buyer to let them know, or to let you know, I should say, what their experience level is, whether or not they can handle this transaction, um, if they have enough back office help to deal with the, the processing surge that's going on now. Super important because if you're in a scenario where you have to get something done and this person has 50 files to deal with, and they put you in the back of the line, that's not going to be helpful for you. So definitely have a truthful conversation with them right? and have your BS meter ready to go. The second point about that is mortgage contingencies. So I pointed this out before. A mortgage contingency is a contingency in the contract that allows you to back out if a bank doesn't issue you a mortgage commitment. Essentially, if a bank looks at all your profile, they look at your employment history. They look at the money you have in the bank. They look at your credit score and they say, sorry, we can't give you money. Um, If you have a mortgage contingency in the contract, which is pretty standard these days, and you can't get a loan uh, or a mortgage commitment, I should say, you get your money back. We're going to go a step farther. And in all of my contracts, I'm putting in funding contingencies now, which go beyond the mortgage contingency let's say that you get a mortgage commitment and everything looks okay, and a month from now, coronavirus is really affecting the retail sector and you work in the retail sector and they're either going to cut your hours or they're going to lay you off completely. That's going to affect whether or not you can close on this property and actually get the loan and possibly lose your deposit. A funding contingency hedges against that. It basically says, even if a bank issues you a commitment, if you can't close, then you can get your money back no matter what. Sellers are going to push back, but I think as this virus spreads, as it affects the real estate market more and more, and I think it will, and it could be that I'm a neurotic guy from Brooklyn and a pessimist, but I think it's going to affect the market in ways in which we we haven't seen quite yet, you will be happy that you have a clause like that or at least push for a clause like that in the contract during the pendency of that time. Leading me to another point, and it's something I'm happy to walk you through with the loan officer itself. Make sure you have a good mortgage commitment. A mortgage commitment looks at anything from 20 to 30 different variables to say whether or not you are worthy of getting money from that lender. What some loan officers do because they just want to push paper and they want to get things done is they'll issue you a mortgage commitment but have 30 conditions that they need to clear. It's basically like me proposing to you and you saying, yes, provided we live in Brooklyn and provided we live in a townhouse and provided I always keep my hair brown and provided we go to Montauk in the summer and I can't afford any of these things so we're not getting married but you get the point. There's way too many conditions to clear and it puts you in a situation where, if you don't get that funding contingency, you're already locked in with that mortgage commitment and you may not be able to get your money back. If any of this is confusing, if you want to go through this, I'm here, but the point behind all this is your mortgage commitment should have as many conditions cleared before they issue you that commitment as humanly possible. Really important to do. Two, think about timing and contingencies. If you are crazy enough to do a buy-sell, meaning you're buying a place, but you need to sell your place in order to buy that place, I urge you not to do that right now. I think doing that in optimal circumstances carries a lot of risk. I think doing that in a circumstance like this with coronavirus and with a crazy stock market and with employment numbers that could go wild over the next few months is tantamount to an evil Knievel stunt over the Grand Canyon. It just doesn't make any sense. If you're planning on buying something and you need to sell something to do that, I can't tell you to do it, but if it was me, I would wait it out until things calm down because the market could roil um, and go this way or that, and you could be left in a situation where you lose your deposit. Another point about that is timing. Most deals are on or about 60 days for condos. Most deals can also be on or about 90 days or on about 75 days for co-ops, meaning it could take 90 days to 105 days sometimes in the really, really back end um, to close. Sometimes as quick as 45 to 60 days. Again, in optimal times. If we're in a scenario where every managing agent for buildings is requiring people to work from home, trust me, these things aren't getting processed. There may not be board interviews that are going on during this period of time if you're buying a co-op because 20 people may not want to gather in the same place and the board may be getting guidance from their attorneys that they shouldn't be doing these things. Please make sure you assess those risks prior to going into a deal. These are small things, but they are practical things, and I think they're things that are going to come up sooner rather than later. So it's important that you guys keep that in mind. Understand that a deal could take a longer period of time. And so obviously speak to your lender at that point and make sure that the rate that you have, the interest rate, if you locked it, you have enough coverage The lenders will only lock it in for a specific period of time, could be anywhere from 90 days to 120 days, and beyond that, they actually charge you. So make sure you have that conversation with your lender and make sure you have that conversation with your broker about whether or not they think it's going to take longer to actually close this file than they ordinarily would. The last thing I would tell you is to also speak to your attorney about getting a power of attorney in place prior to the closing and well before the closing itself. Just like I told you about meetings with co-op boards and managing agents, we may get to a scenario where we want as little people at the closing, as few people, I should say, little people are fine, as few people at the closing as humanly possible. Um, So it's very imperative that you speak to your attorney about giving a power of attorney to them um, prior to the closing itself to make sure that the closing can actually happen in the event the managing agent of the building itself essentially says, look, we only want three people or four people at this table. As always, I'm here to answer any questions you guys may have um, and please give me a call if you need anything.